Daniel, um, you, I saw you a lot at convention. You were wide-eyed. You were a lot of times just kind of overwhelmed at times in a good way. And I was wondering if you would share with us this morning, I'd ask you to put together uh, three different reasons on, that you took away. We'll go through those depending on what kind of time element we have here. But what was the biggest thing you took away from convention? And uh, share that with us this morning. Daniel, you're still there. Yes, I'm here. Oh, I thought I was. Okay, I was there talking. You. All right. I, well, I figured you had muted yourself. Yeah, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, like I was saying, you definitely have to be there. The, the The biggest thing I took away was you got to be mentally strong. You know, you got to be mentally strong. When um, I just put myself, put it, you know, as I make these calls, you know, and Sometimes, you know, you order leads or, you know, you're getting hung up on, you might get 60, 70 leads and you only get uh, one person to give you an appointment and then you go there and then you bomb the appointment and you're like, man, you know, so just uh, being mentally strong would be the first thing I would say I, I got out of the conference. Now, when you say mentally strong, I think that's a great analogy there on, on some of the negative things that you're running across. Somebody hang up on you. I talked to Tony this morning, and uh, he gets to his first appointment this morning. The guy's Spanish and doesn't understand English real well, so he calls his Spanish agent. And uh, the Spanish agent tells the client not to buy, and um, he can sell him the same thing. Of course, now we're going to try to get hold of the Spanish agent and hire him. But those are the things, I mean, this is business. These are things you run up against. Um, in addition to being mentally strong, what do you feel like was your next biggest takeaway? Um, just uh, I have to be committed. You know, the commitment that was in the room, you know, just looking at uh, Barry Clarkson and Rob Jones and uh, Bill Martin, OG, the original gangster. It was just to see the commitment that those guys, you know, put together, you know, to come and deliver the uh, presentations to us, you know, to show the passion that they have for the business, you know, knowing that they, those guys are millionaires. Of, I don't know their bank account numbers, but just knowing that those guys are pretty successful and those guys get up every morning to uh, deliver to us, you know, the commitment that they have, and that just made me look at myself like I have to really be committed with this from the smallest thing to the largest thing. You know, that's interesting you noticed that because there weren't many details that they missed at the convention. I mean, they run through this, and you're right. They are absolutely committed, um, the agent's company, to put quality leads in the hands of quality agents. So it, it's incumbent upon us to be equally committed to do that. <clears throat> what are a couple of things that you see that you came home with after understanding the mentally strong and being committed that you feel – are things that you can and will change that will make a difference for you? Oh, just, uh, you know, making sure I got my schedule down, making sure I plan my night before I lay down and go to sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm actively, you know, engaged and I'm on it. You know, whatever, my, whatever that is that I have to do from 1 to 10, making sure that I'm in order to get it done, having my business plan together. Well, you know, doing that planning the night before, it's amazing how much at peace you are 
when you're sleeping because you you know I don't have to get up and rush around and worry about missing or leaving something at home or not being prepared. I am totally prepared. So that is a very a very big part of what we do. Um, what was your third thing? Your third takeaway? <laughs> you got to be excited. You know, this is exciting. You know, well, it it should be exciting. I would say. I mean, because getting a chance to go sit in front of families, to talk to them about foreclosure protection, you know, and if this happens to you, what it will do for your family, that's exciting. Even if um, they don't understand it, it's still exciting to be able to present the information to these guys. Understanding the idea of presenting foreclosure protection, what did – how has that impacted your life? Well, what I would say about that, how it impacted my life is being able to sit down in front of a family and let these guys know if you develop heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, or cancer, this will take care of you for however long it's supposed to, however long it's set. It's, it's been amazing to me, Dick, because – I never knew anything about mortgage or foreclosure protection. I never knew anything about living benefits. The fact that you don't have to die to receive the benefits is, is, is awesome to me, and it's really helping me because I'm not only an agent, I'm a client as well. Ooh, that's good. You know, when you stop and think about it, the probability of somebody dying is much less than the probability of um, – uh, something like this happening and changing their life. Now, one of the things that I would recommend is when you're talking to the client until you actually get a commitment that they're buying, not using the word for um, living benefits. Because, see, for example, if I'm sitting in the house and the guy has got something else on the table, the first thing I'm going to tell them to do is, well, find out if they've got foreclosure protection benefits rather than have they got living benefits. Because if they call their agent and they say, have you got foreclosure protection benefits in your plan? No, we haven't got that. Now, they may or may not have living benefits, but the thing of it is living benefits are what they are. Foreclosure protection is what it does. So if we can readjust our thinking and start focusing on what these products do that makes a big difference for us. Now, uh, you met quite a few people there while you were there on this trip. What were some of the things that you were able to ask people that gave you hope and encouragement and you feel will help you? Um, well, I spoke with um, yeah, quite a few people. And just really honestly, being consistent, consistent activity leads to consistent growth. It's what I would say. You know, everybody I talked with kept telling me, be consistent, be consistent. And another thing I want to just mention is reading. I mean, since I've got back, what I did, I just got my uh, first recruit, and then I've just been reading. And I plan on one of my goals is to read 12 books this year. You know, so that's a one book a month. I mean, I'm going to stick, I'm a stick with it to the best of my ability, and I'm going to be committed to that. But like I said, just being consistent, um, and like I said, consistent activity leads to consistent growth is what I've been taught, what, what guys are telling me and showing me. Did you have one particular breakout session that you felt really spoke to you? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I want to say, was it the entrepreneurship? I know we had just, I mean, just to be overall, just to see how many people, because I'm 30 years old. This is what I would say. I'm 30 years old. And to see so many young people my age, or even younger than me, making $100,000, Dick, I was in awe. I mean, every breakout session, I was just in awe to see these young people standing on the panels, and they were representing you know, excited. They were mentally strong, where they seemed to be. They were totally committed. I mean, you got you got to have some commitment about you to get into the hundred thousand dollars in a six figure range. So, I mean, that was really what I took away. Just seeing my peers on such a high level. Well, now you made the comment to me while we were there. We were talking about this that, you know, the possibility of taking home and sharing when you got home the experience you had. It was virtually impossible to do. Would you elaborate on that for me in closing? Oh, yeah. Man, I, I honestly believe that they gave away over $300,000. <laughs> to be total, with the watches and then with all the checks that were coming out and just, you know, and just the awards. Like, to see Barry Carson receive his award. Like, you know, to see him tear up and cry on stage. I mean, you have to be there to see that emotion. And that right there, Dick, I will follow – you guys, Barry Carson, you know, in any army, any war, I would follow because to see that emotion, you cannot make that up right there, you know. So you really have to be there to see it all. I can't just come back and tell you. I can tell you all day long, but when you see it, you feel it a whole lot better, and you can believe it a whole lot more. Well, you know, that's because I felt the same way. And uh, I remember when I first started working with Barry after that first year and, and saw the passion he had, um, I remember commenting that if Barry Clarkson, you knew he was so well prepared, if he said jump off the cliff, we would have jumped and asked who had the parachute on the way down <laughs> because it literally felt like, you know, he had your back. And, guys, I'm telling you, if – if you're in a situation and you need that type of support, Barry Clarks is going to be there. Now, he's not going to be there for the guy that just got there and is telling you, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. That uh, podcast of Art Williams talking about just do it is something everybody ought to go back and listen to again. But the ones that really get committed and really are serious about trying to do this, guys, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure we're successful uh, to the point of – spending the money they spend for lead generation every week, uh, spending the money they are for technology, spending the money they are for putting on different meetings. Now, I do want to bring up one thing uh, about we are not going to have a summer convention this year. Uh, however, they are going to have a meeting in Dallas. It's going to be like a mini convention. There are 500 tickets available, and that's it. And the reason being is the room they have there will hold 500, and 501, the farm marshal, will be in there, you know, shutting it down. So 500 is going to be it. So find the date and uh, make plans to be there and get your tickets soon enough that you're not going to be closed out of it. Or anybody that you're trying to hire within a four- or five-hour drive of uh, Dallas, make sure that you get them aware of this meeting and get them there. Yes, and they are, are uh, considering a couple of more of these around the country, like probably other weekends in August. So, you know, watch for those. They 
they just really haven't decided yet. Um, maybe going to see what the response to this one is. I'm not sure. But, Daniel, I just really want to thank you. I'm so glad we got to meet you. And um, I, I, I just saw so much in your face and in your body language of the commitment and the desire, because desire is a big part of it. And we thank you so much for being uh, uh, prepared this morning and being on with us. No problem. Thank you guys for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, We came home pretty excited about making some changes, and I say we. I think the whole group that was there came out with a whole different appreciation of who Equus was. So, Connie, um, we've been looking for things that kind of describe how do you make change. And, excuse me, James Clear talks about habits and to just decide I'm going to do this is somewhat difficult because we still see our old self in it. But he made the comment, once you start to look at yourself in a new way, you develop a new identity. And you're not focusing so much on changing, but you're focusing on changing who you are to get your alignment different so that your actions match the alignment. Uh, You see yourself, you know, of see yourself becoming a new person and change is a result of seeing yourself in a different way because of these new habits that you've got and Einstein this is a quote I ran across yesterday I thought was just really brilliant because it's something I've been trying to describe for years but just couldn't put it in words like Einstein did and I quote once a mind is exposed to a new level of thinking it can never go back let me read that again Once a mind is exposed to a new level of thinking, it can never go back. And as I read that, I started thinking about people who we looked at on stage and how their view of themselves have changed. I remember Robert when he started with us. He had been with us 30 days, and I get a phone call from him. (coughs) And he said, Dick, I just want you to know I'm now unemployable. And I said, Robert, what do you mean? Once he saw himself able to run his business out of his home, not being in a position that he could get fired or laid off again, because for those of you that don't know, Robert had a quarter, you know, multiple six-figure income job. And 30 days after he was laid off or, or let go or whatever the circumstance was, one of his old bosses called him and offered him a multiple six-figure job with benefits, the car, and the whole nine yards, and he said no. And he said no because his mind had been exposed to a new lifestyle, a new business opportunity that was totally different than anything he'd ever seen before. Robert will never be able to go back to that again. And I look at Dave Crocker. You know, Dave was on the stage, and I remember when Dave was struggling to write $6,000 a month in premium. But after a little success, he saw himself as an elite producer writing as much business in a day as he used to struggle to write in a month. You think David could ever go back and be satisfied with the six or $7,000 a month uh, premium uh, again? No. He's been exposed to something different, and he'll never be the same again. And I, whenever I think along this line, I always think of J- Andrew Pappas. To think that Andrew Pappas six years ago was driving a garbage truck making $42,000 a year out in the weather when it was 15 and 20 below zero, no matter what the wind chill factor was. He came here with the intent and hope of making $1,000 a month. 
which he did the first month, so he was able to buy his wife a, uh, buy a second car. Second month, he made 1600 Third month, he made 2600 And six months later in November, he wrote $14,000 in premium. Now, do you think he could ever go back and be happy making 42000 a year? Because now he makes, on some months, half of that in a month. Um, he's not going to go back. His life has been changed forever. Now, why is that? Because his habits have been changed. The way he views himself, he's starting to do things now that multiple six-figure income earners do. He's not doing things that a $42,000 a year meter reader or garbage truck driver do. You know, he's changed. And see, your, your habits embody a trait, and habits make our goals possible because they, they change how we view ourselves. See, if a person still sees themselves as the same person they were when they came here, their old habits are the reason they've not progressed. Their old habits are the reason they were where they are. And if those habits haven't changed, you know, you're not going to make if, – if he had come here with the same habits he had as a garbage truck driver, he'd still be making $42,000 a year. You know, I just looked it up, Dick, because I took pictures of every slide they put up about the incomes. And Andrew Pappas was number 30 in the entire company. He earned $192,000 last year. So <laughs> I'm sure he and his wife are very happy. And they did stay, by the way, with their whole family and go to Disney, which, you know, two years ago they could only dream about. Well, not only that, but they could barely afford to make their payments, you know, two years ago, and here now they can go and stay an extra amount of time. Incidentally, um, for those of you who remember the contest for the uh, Rolex ring, we had two people on our team get one. Um, one was number one agent. He got it because he earned it that way. And then David Crocker's name, he had so many applications in the hopper, which doesn't mean you're going to win because there were 2,700 uh, names in that thing. It was full. But David Crocker was one of the ones that they pulled out. He earned or won a Rolex watch, and so did Andrew Pappas. Uh, two of the people that won one were new agents to the company, uh, and both of them had less than 15 um, names in there, and they still were able to win a watch. So that was a big deal. It was pretty exciting to see that. Yeah. You know, as we talk about making changes, uh, leaders are early risers. You know, changing the habit of getting up a half hour early can make all the difference in the world. Well, if I'm getting up a half hour early, what am I going to do with that time? Well, you could start to read, you know, or if you are reading, just read more. But by doing that, you're literally establishing two new habits that will produce change. Uh, there's a book you can get for that. It's by Hal Elrod, and he wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. It's very radical, very extreme. I actually don't recommend it unless you are in for a radical change, okay? Um, I wouldn't recommend it for somebody with three small kids necessarily. But for some of you who are really looking to step it up a notch, it's a good place to start. Well, you know, these two habits of reading and getting up 30 minutes earlier than you normally do, they will produce the income, produce a person <coughs> that you want to become. And each time we exercise one of these habits, it becomes a vote on who that new person is, and it just confirms that they're making a change. Now, how do you start something like that? Well, first off, let's establish the type of person I want to become. So once we start with that, then... 
what does that type of person, what does their daily life look like? Then start to model our life after that person. See, Warren Buffett realized early on in his career that all leaders are readers. So he started reading at that time. Now, at I think he's 84, he reads five hours a day. And look how this habit has changed his life. You know, um, many people come to Equus with a set of habits that have served them okay, but they wouldn't be coming to Equus if the habits they had were really doing what they wanted. So let's take a look at some of the things we're doing <coughs> and make an attempt to make that change. See, if we can live an alignment with our core values, because if your core value is being an early riser, but you hit the snooze button every morning when you get up. Okay, so once we establish that core value, now let's start working toward what people with that core value do. All right, how do you determine what your core value is? Well, you start with determining the results, you know, what you're standing for. And, um, and when I say that, um, these things are easy preaching, they're difficult to, to uh, achieve, but if we will take them, you can eat an elephant one bite at a time, just do one, get that one underway, and then we'll approach it and get a second one. All right, so once we determine what, what we want, now we develop a plan to get that desired result. All right, say, for example, somebody wants to become an elite producer. Well, what do elite producers do? First thing they do is they set 15 to 20 appointments each week. They buy enough leads to get 20 appointments a week. Uh, they perfect their phone script so that they spend less time on the phone. Remember Dave Crocker talked a few weeks ago uh, how when he first started, he would spend five, six, seven hours a week setting his 12 to 15 appointments. Now David spends maybe an hour and a half to two hours because he's perfected his skill set to the point that he doesn't have to do that. Um, Elite producers usually will run their business two to three days a week. They'll work two days, and then the third day, they will just do cleanup. You know, some of the people that they didn't get to see, they'll go back and try to do that, or um, they'll just, you know, get to get a hold of folks they haven't seen. And they become very disciplined over time, and these habits produce the results they desire. You know, one of those things involved in all that you just said is the importance of a strong, strong work ethic, period. Just another word for activity most times. But, you know, your work ethic is something that you learned growing up. It did not uh, – it, it was not taught intentionally. Your father probably didn't sit down and have a lesson on work ethic. But as you watched him go out, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, rain, hail, sleet, and snow, uh, you learned a strong work ethic. And quite honestly, if you did not, you're going to have to make up for that with personal development and fill in the gaps because without a strong work ethic, none of what we're talking about is possible. Thanks, Connie. And I, as I look at this and, and realize how important that is, see, our daily habits and decisions are under our control. And that's why we're talking so much about the habits because that's something we can control. We cannot control if somebody's going to pick up the phone. We cannot control if they're going to be there when we get there. We can't even control if they're going to buy or not. Now, there are things we can do <coughs> to make us better, but we, we still don't have complete control, but we do have control over our habits. You know, and that's why we have people track their activities. Um, you know, a swimmer. 
if you're a swimmer and you swim five days a week, when you get out of the pool, you don't look any different. It's not like, wow, I can see a change after this. No, but if you track the number of times you swim and then notice those changes over a period of time, for example, when you first started swimming, you may be struggling to get you know, two or three laps in. But after swimming every day, five days a week for three months, you may be able to swim 20 laps. So you can track your activity and look at the result and measure it at a later time. You know, that habit of swimming is how you reach your goal of being a swimmer and being fit. So if your goal is to be healthy, part of that is some sort of exercise. And the habit of the swimming helps you reach that goal. One of the things that's important in building a habit and reaching goals is to reward yourself. And so um, obviously not with food if you're trying to lose weight, but um, with something um, that means something to you, uh, g- going out and, and, and getting a few minutes, you know, in your yard to sit and just be quiet and meditate, giving yourself some extra time is often a reward for doing something, say, five days a week. But making certain that you're getting that reward is part of the process. You know, it's interesting that you say that because um, that's why we want people to report their activity to, to us. See, we want you to report your activity so you can see the, the success. And then we can help you get the results you desire by seeing your report to know, well, we, we must not be very good on the phone because we contacted 60 people and set two appointments. Or we made a lot of dials and we didn't get a hold of anybody. Well, then we're calling at the wrong time or there's something showing up adversely on your phone number when it when the caller ID but it gives us a chance to help you then focus in on getting the results you're looking for see the work you do now that will continue to work for you after it's done um, that's very important you know by being a better agent you develop your skills to improve what you're doing to the point that like David you can go for six from six or seven hours a week setting appointments to maybe three that's something you can do now that is going to help you and pay dividends for months and years to come. I just want to throw this in here. Um, there is a new feature on some phones that allows a person to click a box that says if a number calls that is not in their phone, it isn't blocked, <laughs> but it's sent to voicemail. So keep in mind if You've been calling a client 10 times and they don't answer. You've been calling at different times. There's a slight chance that maybe they have that set, and it, it doesn't matter when you call, it's not going through. So you've got some options, okay? Um, after a certain number of calls, leave a message, okay? Or send them a text with a photo of the lead uh, even either the IVR or the direct mail, whatever, the lead, so they can see why you're calling and come up with a message that causes them to feel the urgency to put you in their phone and allow you, or better yet, call you back. Um, but just be aware of that. It is very new, and I know some uh, people are using that. You know, Connie, thank you for bringing that up because uh, I started to call off missing foreclosure protection versus living benefits, and those are the kind of things you need 
a buzzword like that to capture people's attention. When they answer the phone or when they read a text, when they answer the phone, you've got 10, <coughs> excuse me, 10 seconds to capture their attention. They've never heard of foreclosure protection before. And it's the kind of thing, it's, it's a silver bullet, if there is one, that's different than anybody else and separates you from everybody else. So those are some of the things that we can do to make ourselves better. You know, one of the things that I was, as I was preparing for today, talking about focusing on the minority of my actions that drive the majority of my business, that's a reverse uh, description of the 80-20 rule. You know, let's spend, find out what makes us the most money and gives us the most production, and let's put more time in on that and less time on the 80% that only produces 20% of our income. So working toward that will make a huge difference for us. See, focusing is the art of knowing what to ignore from the experience of trial and error. See, mastering the art of saying no to the 80% of things you're presented with doing because those 80% of things that produce 20% of your income, those are distractions, and those are the things that cost you money. Learn to practice the 80-20 rule. See, Apple is most proud of the things they said no to because that allowed them to focus on the things that really matter. And uh, I remember Connie on a call uh, probably a year ago talked about the guy that went to the gym four days a week for five minutes. He was overweight, not healthy, and, I mean, what does going to the gym for five minutes four days a week do for you? Absolutely nothing other than the fact it established a habit and changed his life because that habit was, I am an exercise guy. I work out. Even though he showed up and only did something for five minutes, once that, once that pattern was established, now, if he had gone the first time and gone in there and worked out for an hour – and been sore and what have you, he might have skipped the next three times. Then he would have totally missed what he was trying to do. So um, understanding that part of this is why we're talking so much about the habits today. Um, wanted to talk in terms of setting our goals and working backwards. I remember Zig Ziglar, when I first started, he uh, was in a position that he needed to lose a significant amount of weight in a certain number of days. So he divided the pounds by the days to accomplish his goal. <clears throat> and it turned out he needed to lose three pounds of weight a week for 25 weeks. So he calculated the calories needed to be cut to lose that three pounds a week, added walking a mile a day for good measure, and he had time to spare when he hit the goal. See, that's what we're talking about. Let's find out what's the end result we want and then put a plan together designed to accomplish that. So how much does a person want to earn each week? How many leads will it take to make one sale? Say it takes five leads to set an appointment and you close 50%. Well, then you need 10 leads to make one sale. And then you want to make $2,000 a week. Well, you're going to need 40 leads, the resources, to set 10 appointments to see eight to close four. And you just need to plug the numbers in based on your numbers. I'm, I just these, There's your kind of normal numbers here for somebody who's been doing this a little while. But if you're closing 50% of the people you talk to, then it's pretty easy to go back and figure out how many appointments it takes to get, how many uh, leads are you going to need to do. 
and and some of you, you know, we're talking to people who want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, let's sit down and figure backwards and orchestrate what that's going to take, and then let's carry out and do the things that are required. You know, Dick, while we're talking about that, let's talk about the trip because um, anyone that's full-time should be looking to earn that trip to Santa Fe. Yes. Okay? Um, And you've got to plan on having it in the bag by the end of November. Okay? We know that people sell insurance, uh, people buy insurance, in December, but some of these carriers don't know that. And if they take uh, an extra long time in December because people are off or there's so much business or whatever, it may not get issued in 2020. And everything for the contest for the incentive trip must be issued by December 31st of this year. So plan out your strategy based on 11 months and not 12. Give yourself some breathing room. You don't want to be out December 20th in a Santa hat trying to sell somebody a life insurance policy. Would you agree, Dick? I do, and I can see the look on the guy's face. I sure can. (laughs) I was just looking. It takes $85,000 to earn the trip to go to Santa Fe. And if you divide that by 11, so you need to write $7,727 of premium, not counting guaranteed issue. It has to be issue paid. It's issue paid. Guys, that's Which means you've got to write 10. You've got to write 10. That's $2,500 a week, you know, with a 70% placement rate, and you're there in 11 months. Wow. So that, guys, that elephant, there isn't a person on this call today, whether you're a full-time or part-time, that cannot eat that elephant one bite at a time. 